This is Helping of Happiness, episode number 169. Today we are talking to author Megan Whitmer all about her book called Mom Life versus the Everyday Apocalypse. And she's going to tell us a little bit about her book and give us some great tips for surviving mom life with a little bit of humor. Hi, I'm Hilary Hess, and you're listening to Helping of Happiness. I am a crazy mom of seven kids, and at Helping of Happiness, we love to help build up families by providing delicious family recipes, exciting travel guides, and home and family hacks to make life more manageable and more fun. There are a lot of things I am still learning and I'm trying to figure out, and that is why we have this podcast, to have our friends come on here and teach us and inspire us to be better and grow closer to Jesus Christ. Hey, Megan. I'm so excited to have you on the podcast. Thanks for coming on. Yeah, I'm really excited to be here. Thank you. This is just so fun. So I can't wait to talk about your book that you've got out. And before we talk about that, though, I would I would love for you to tell us a little about you and your family first before we get into your book. Well, sure. Um, So I am a mother to five children and I'm married. Um, My oldest just launched from the home this summer and he he joined the Marines, the reserves, and he's doing that to earn money to go on a mission in the awesome. new year. Awesome. Yeah. I don't know why he joined, joined the Marines. Uh, that seemed like the toughest choice. And his other goal <laughs> is to be a CPA, an accountant. So I'm like, I, those don't seem to mesh super well, but you know, that's what he wants to do. So he's, he's doing it the best he can. So I guess um, if he's going to be in the military, he wants to be the toughest that there is in the military, huh? That's right. <laughs> <laughs> and then I have a 17-year-old in grade 11 in high school, a 14-year-old daughter in grade 8, and um, she's autistic. And I also have a son who's 9 in grade 4, and a my youngest daughter is in grade 1, and she's 6. Oh my goodness. So our kids almost line all the way up. I just have a couple extra. So we've got seven. (laughs) My oldest is at BYU. She's engaged to be married. And then I have a son on a mission, a junior in high school like you. And I've got an eighth grader and I've got three in elementary school. So it's really fun that we have kids that all line up. I love that. That's so fun. (laughs) You got all the ages going right now. I'm sure it feels like. Yep, definitely. (laughs) So fun. Okay, so tell us the name of your book. And then I want to hear about how it got started. Like what made you want to write this book and a little bit of their background there? Yeah, so um, its name is Mom Life versus the Everyday Apocalypse. And the subtitle is Tales of Survival from Marriage to Motherhood. And, you know, I started writing back when like Windows 95 came out in 1995. (laughs) I was like, wow. (laughs) This is amazing. And so that was like my grade 10 year. So, and I'm from Canada. So sometimes I use different terms. Love it. Love it. (laughs) But I live here in America. So I'm, I'm well-versed in both, but so anyways, so I, yeah, I started writing my funny stories that would happen to me and, you know, I'd send them when I went to college, I'd send my funny dates or embarrassing situations back to my family and people would say, you need to write a book. But I had one aunt who was a university professor and she said, you need to write a book, but you need to learn a little more about grammar and editing first. (laughs) And I was like, that's a good point. I was very, at first I was like, what? Like my writing is so fine. You know, it's great. (laughs) But the more I thought about it, the more I'm like, you know, before you put stuff out there, you should really have it a little more polished. And so, but then I started having kids and 
you know, and I, I went to school, I became a respiratory therapist and I'm still practicing in that field. I, I love that. And so where my writing really flourished was in Facebook. We have moved a lot for my husband's career um, with schooling and just moving up the chain of the jobs. And so Facebook is where I keep in contact with all my friends and family. And I, I love having my friends. And if I didn't have online, you know, sources, I'd probably lose contact with them. I'm not great at phoning because I, it feels like the only time I have to phone is 11 o'clock at night and no one wants to answer then. (laughs) Oh yeah. Oh yeah. You know, I would put my uh, stories on Facebook and recently my writing has improved and I've studied writing. I didn't go to school for it. I went to school to suck snot out of people. (laughs) So it didn't (laughs) cross over well, but you know, but yeah, it got a lot better. It got po- more polished and more and more people started telling me, you need to write a book. You need to write a book. So, so this last year in the midst of my like busiest year, I'm like, you know what, let's just make that a priority. So I started getting up at like four thirty, five o'clock in the morning and writing. And then I had, and then I finished it. And then I had to learn the whole publishing self-publishing side of it, which was a whole education in itself. And, and finally I got it published and it's doing really well. So I'm really excited about it. That's so amazing. Well, and I always think it's so incredible when you're having to self-teach yourself stuff like self-publishing, That that's how I felt doing the podcast at the beginning. It was like, oh my goodness. But then now I've got this part down, but then I don't know how to do this. And I don't know how to hook up my editing equipment. And then I don't know, you know, and that was not anything I'd ever gone to school for. So I'm just so proud of you that it's really an education trying to get yourself organized enough and to get really little things. in. so that's really awesome. So, okay. Well, I can't wait to talk about more of the things that you talk about in your book. So let's get into that a little bit, Sure, a little bit more about the meat of your book. I like to write funny things, but I also like to write meaningful things. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it's hard to mesh those, (laughs) but I feel like I've got a good handle on that. And that's something that's kind of, um, the cornerstone of how I write is I mix funny with meaningful. And so I, I took each chapter and I found a way to take my stories and my thoughts on different things and um, equate it to the apocalypse, specifically a zombie apocalypse, (laughs) which, (laughs) you know, we're in the same faith. And so I don't, don't necessarily believe a zombie apocalypse apocalypse is coming, but but it was it was a fun way to tie in motherhood and how motherhood trains us to survive an apocalypse or <laughs> or a disaster or life you know job loss or whatever stressors come but so at the beginning of every chapter i have you know apocalypse tips for moms and then i kind of talk about that but then i get into the kind of the meat and potatoes of the subject and it's interspersed with funny moments mixed with kind of um, wisdom and things I've learned throughout the years. <laughs> and it's such a part of you. I think that that's really cool. Cause what I thought was really neat in the book is you're really telling your story throughout this book. You're telling your story about, I mean, not obviously every little thing of your whole life, but touching yeah. on moments of, you know, the really hard parts on motherhood and then losing your mom and, you know, all these different things that can be really hard, but that, you know, somehow, I don't know how you do it, but somehow you tie it all together and it works. And so I think that that's kind of great how, you know, it really is kind of such a good piece of your life and the personalities of your family members and everything else. So yeah, that's really cool. And 
you know, one thing I really wanted in this book was to be relatable to other mothers Mm -hmm. and to give them hope, (laughs) hope that the hard things that they were going through, which are so personal, but also so uh, worldwide (laughs) and Mm -hmm. generations wide, you know, like mothers way in the past had to breastfeed just like we had to breastfeed or, or use formula. You know, I even talk about that a bit because, because we have blessings nowadays that they didn't have, but mm-hmm. you know, uh, breastfeeding is hard and it's painful sometimes. And sometimes when you're at 2am in the morning and your baby's screaming and you're trying to figure it out and neither of you are doing it well, you feel alone. You yeah. feel like, like I'm the only one going through this because everyone else talks about how wonderful it is and how I just bond with my baby so much. And you're like, what on earth right now? I think we hate each other. I just want someone else to have a turn. I'm done. (laughs) Yeah. I was able to do the mixing of that, of the relatable plus making it fun. So it's not, it's not like a dramatic cry your eyes out book, but it's a fun laugh and giggle and enjoy the different parts of motherhood together, you know? Yeah, I love that. And it all comes with the run of the mill thing all moms go through, you know, that's what I kind of yeah. loved. I think it's relatable to everybody. And, you know, you have the funny and then you have the embarrassing and then you have the touching moments. So it's kind of a fun little combination of all of those things, which is great. One of my um, favorite reviews on Amazon, though, was from a dad whose wife kept reading him chapters, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> and so... He came on and wrote a review and said, this is an amazing book and I am going to make each of my sons read it before they get married. Because he says, I think that us men don't realize what women go through and how they see it and how hard it is. And that was like my favorite review because I was like, oh, like that, that would be amazing because the hard things are made better if you have a spouse who understands or can Mm be, um, more kind and patient with you when you're yeah. going through your hard things. Like I have a whole chapter on depression and anxiety. If a husband can understand, I mean, husbands go through that too, but yeah, for women, it's a different beast because of how society tells us we should be. And, and I mean, I guess same for the men, but in a different way. But if, if our husbands can understand that part of us and then, you know, be, be there for us during those hard times, I think that would be amazing if we could just have that complimentary understanding. No, I think that's great. And I think it's great to put it in a funny way so it doesn't feel so heavy to talk about too. So that's really right. great. I like that. I really liked that chapter entitled My Favorite Hallway. Will you talk about that a little bit? Because that kind of yeah. hit me with me. Because I feel like that may be something a lot of us struggle with. So we are currently in an RV. But my last house had my most favorite hallway. And when you walk down this hallway with the light shining behind me, it gave me this really skinny silhouette on the door in front and actually kind of gave a um, repeating silhouette. So it was like really skinny. And then you could see a slightly more shadow going out and out and out. Um, I mean, I'm not the skinniest person in the world. I've had five kids and a lot of stress. And so I've gained weight (laughs) and I've tried to lose it, but it's still there. The shadow though, on the, on the door would always remind me of who I was on the inside Mm -hmm. that, I mean, and not that we're all like needing to be skinny and not that that's like the goal. Cause you know, you still get into heaven, whether you're fat or skinny, Exactly, (laughs) it doesn't matter. (laughs) They do not have a scale at the pearly gates. 
Thank goodness. <laughs> yeah, but it reminded me of who who I was and who I've become and that sometimes the ideal is not what society tells us but who we have become as a as a person as a as a soul as a spirit you know and so yeah i go through the trials of us women trying to face society and feeling like we need to make ourselves beautiful to fit and how it's not necessary but we do crazy things until we can understand that about ourselves mm-hmm. so i go through like I'm allergic to most makeup, it turns out, <laughs> and it's ah. got, um, come on stronger as I've gotten older. So like I'm sitting here right now and you can't even see my eyebrows like they're half there. <laughs> I look and I just really struggled with having to stop using makeup. And so I would stop wearing it. I'd get comments at work like, are you feeling okay? Oh my gosh. What's People wrong? say that to me anytime they see me without mascara. Always. Right? Oh, you must be sick. Are you all right? No, you just can't see my eyelashes today. <laughs> right. <laughs> and so, yeah, I had to completely go off makeup one year, a few years ago, because it would make like rashes come out and it would make me look like I was bleeding from my eyes. Oh my it was gosh. just, no, it was not worth it. Yeah. I got a lot more comments about that, but like the comments <laughs> when I was trying to, to go, uh, naked on my face mm-hmm. <laughs> were always about, are you okay? Are you sick? Are you? And it would, it was really hard. That's and hard. so things would come up and I'd be like, I'm going to put on makeup. I'm going to do it because I want to look good on this for this event for my husband. Um, and so I'd put on makeup and maybe I'd make it through the event. And, and then at the end of the day, there I am with my rash and my three days of whoa, what really happened to you now? (laughs) Are your, your eyeballs okay? (laughs) So, I mean, I am in the chapter. It's not like I overcame this, you know, it's not, that's not the point of the chapter. It's I'm trying to not care about how I look and to understand that I'm a child of God and makeup doesn't define me. And, you know, but, but I still break down and put it on sometimes despite the, the bad consequences (laughs) And it makes for a good story, but it also shows that it's an up and down struggle. And we are, I don't know if we'll, I don't know, maybe when we're 90, I don't know if 90 year olds put on makeup. I actually haven't asked any of them. <laughs> I, should, I should probably My do that. My grandmother always put on lipstick and she made it to almost 90. She's yeah, yeah. So I imagine there's still makeup that's going on. Even And, and is makeup bad? It's not bad. You know? Oh, it's, no, no. Yeah. It's the... It's the things that I guess for me, it was a very physical thing of trying to be beautiful that then damaged me mm-hmm. personally. Now, makeup doesn't damage like everyone. literally, like literally, <laughs> but there's other things that we do that could damage us like, and sometimes it could damage your soul. Like the idea of dressing modestly. Oh, you want to be beautiful in how today views you. So you dress immodestly and in the end that changes your spirit or how you are or how you view yourself and how others view you or, you know, a weight loss things. Maybe you do something extreme and it hurts you physically. Mm-hmm. You know, there's, there's all kinds of ways we can go too much, mm-hmm. <laughs> too much to trying to fit into the world. Yeah. Yeah. And so for me, it's wearing a lot of makeup and, you know, I mean, for my book, I had a picture that I had to put on it. I wore some makeup and I suffered that night. 
it is interesting to to really look at ourselves and how we what we do to ourselves and mm-hmm. should we do some of those things. So I think sometimes we just don't see the beauty in ourselves. Like when I'm looking at you right now, I'm seeing you have the most gorgeous dimples ever. Like I would love to have <laughs> dimples like that and have these most beautiful blue eyes and nice smile and you know, I but I think when we we just picture ourselves that we should look a different way, we start to tear ourselves down a little bit, you know. Yeah. So, yeah. Very true. It's so interesting how we're all we all we all have that little Satan in our ear telling us you're not good enough in this way, or you're not pretty enough in that way. Right. We just have to knock him out of there. Get out of there. (laughs) (laughs) No, but I really identified with that because I thought, oh, that's just one way that I feel like I'm always triggered is something physical, whether it's the the weight or it's the, this, or Mm -hmm. it's the, you know, so I really liked that chapter. I thought that was really insightful. Do you have a favorite chapter? You know, I really liked the broken, but beautiful chapter. Okay. Talk about that a little bit. Okay. So, so granted, I have some really, some chapters that really focus on funny things, right? (laughs) And then the lessons I learned from them. This one was maybe not one of my most embarrassing moments or one of the, you know, horrible experiences at the grocery store, which I (laughs) go into. So I talked about how, you know, we're broken, but as we get older, the light in us gets more beautiful. And as we break, as our bodies break, you know, I guess like a metaphor of cracking, like our body cracks and our beautiful souls can then shine through these cracks and you can see a more, you can see the beautiful person more, even though their body looks old and broken. And um, one thing I do at the end of every chapter is I have a little, I call it a PS, like a postscript, like at the end of a letter. And I do a little fiction story at the end of every chapter. And so this one was the angel of death and it was, he's taken out, he's the new angel of death and he's taken over for the old angel of death. And he's like, well, how will I know who's ready? How will I know which, which house to go to, to pick up the old, the people that are dying. And the angel of death was like, you'll know, you'll know. And (laughs) in, in this little story I tell, tell at the end is that he's flying along and he sees this beautiful sparkling glow coming from a house and he knows he knows that's the place that he needs to go because that person's soul is ready their body is broken and they are shining for all to see of how beautiful they have become on the inside and i really love my little ps's (laughs) they're like my little chance to do a little fiction but i also kind of can drive home the point of the stories a little bit no, I think that is such a beautiful, beautiful thing to picture in your mind. I love that. We just lost my grandmother this spring and I feel like that's exactly who she was. You know, she was like the most beautiful person inside ever, but her body was done, you know? Yeah. So what a, what a great way to think of her finishing up this life. That's really awesome. I love that. So, okay. So you talk a lot about, about humor in motherhood and life's hard situations. So what are some ways that maybe we can do this as well? Do you have any tips or tricks for us to turn around some of this negativity? (laughs) So, so I like to tell myself a story. So in my book, I talk about apocalypse school. Like I start an apocalypse school in my house and which is when things are hard, I, I say, you know, it can always be worse. And then we come up with something that could be worse. And, you know, like when you get a big bill in the mail and it's $3,000 and you're like, what on earth, where did this come from? And then you find out you really do have to pay it. It's not just a mistake. And you know, that, 
when bad things happen, that shock that goes through your inner core, mm-hmm. like you're going along and then the, something horrible happens and it's just the shock to your system and it takes you a minute to recover. But after you recover, <laughs> after you're done that freeze hold of my life just ended, you know, think about what could be worse. Maybe you could have an infestation of tapeworms <laughs> instead of just having the bill. Like that sounds pretty bad to me. <laughs> Now, maybe for some people who've had it, they'd rather, I don't know, they'd rather deal with that than the bill. I don't know. You know, or not me. (laughs) I know. I'm like, I'd rather have the bill. I can pay that off. (laughs) Or, you know, someone cuts you off in traffic um, instead of being like, Hong Kong, I hate you. Oh my goodness. What a jerk. I I tend, my go-to imagination for that is he's on his way to the hospital. I can't see his wife, but she's laying in the back about to have triplets. You know, <laughs> I, I just imagine the best case scenario for why someone could be that way. And, or, or the, the worst, I guess the worst slash best, you know, we could, you know, I fell and tripped and hurt my knee, you know, or, or sprained my ankle. Well, I guess a disaster could happen. And, you know, like a, we could be living in Florida and hurricane Ian could have wiped away my RV, you know, something worse can always happen. And, you know, even, um, I mean, death seems like the worst, (laughs) but, but if you are religious, then you can believe like, well, I believe in God, I believe in heaven. So if I die or someone I know dies, they're going to go to heaven and, and be in a better place. So, yeah. So there's always something worse. And there's always a way to think I can get through this. You know, the other one is to look back at your ancestors. I saw a study a few Mm. years ago that's, that showed that what, what creates resilience in, in your children, what creates children who can handle their trials and their struggles as they get older. And, um, one of the number, one of the top things in the study was that children that knew about their ancestors and their family history were more resilient than kids that didn't. And, and it wasn't just that they knew about, oh, great grandma was a great piano player. You know, it wasn't those details. It was, yeah, great, great, great grandma played the piano, but then um, they lost the piano in the fire of 1923. (laughs) And, you know, like it's the real details, the real hardships or your great, 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 great grandpa lived in Ireland. And you're like, well, what were some of the, maybe you don't know the details, but you could look up Ireland and be like, oh, what was the potato famine? Like, I bet some of my relatives went through that. So we've had to move a lot. Right. And that's the trial for me is moving a lot. Oh man. Packing and moving oh, and getting to know people. So much and, work. And just you know the relationships. Worst? It's hard. Yeah. yeah. You know the worst thing is setting your kids up at new schools, getting oh. new doctors, getting new oh, dentists, getting new specialist. <laughs> no, I, I always know. feel like until I have a dentist, we're not really moved in because that's always kind of the last thing that I have to get settled. Right? You know? The doctor <laughs> always seems to have to come fast because someone always gets sick, but yeah. yeah. And so I learned that one of my ancestors had moved like 17 times and for big reasons, like their whole, there was a fire that swept through their farm and burned everything and killed all their 10,000 cows that they had. Like it just wiped them out. So they had to move. Then they had to like move from here because the land value, you know, during the 1930s, the land value went down. So they had to move away from there, like all these things. And they had to move all these times. And so I think, you know, when we move and we're always, 
hopefully we're going to be more settled here soon. But um, when we have to move, I would think it's okay. Great, 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 great grandpa and grandma, you know, they had to move so many times and, and look like they never became rich, but they raised their kids who then had kids, who then had kids, who then produced my dad. And he's a great guy. So their life was a success. If you look at their children and how they just kept going and things were okay. And so, you know, that is a tip I would give is look at your ancestors or, or look at where they lived and what things happened to that area, you know, and I think that will really create some resilience in yourself and also in your kids. I love that you said resilience. That was exactly the word that I kept thinking in my head the whole time that you were talking about this. It does give you such a sense of resilience. And I love even the step before that you talked about just that gratitude, really. It's kind of what you're what you're being thankful that your your situation isn't worse or yeah, you know, thinking the best of other people that maybe the reason they're doing something horrible is because something horrible is happening to them. I think that those are all such good qualities, you know, yeah. giving people the benefit of the doubt being thankful for what you have. And then I love the family ties. I love learning about cultures and family and all of that. So that just is really awesome. I think that's a great tie-in as well. Oh, this is so, so good. Okay. Well, I want to make sure we tell everybody where we can find you and I'll put a link to where we, where you are in our show notes so people can get right over to your site. And so give us your, your handle on your website and your socials and everything. Yeah. So um, my website is meganwhitmerbooks.com. And if you go there right at the top of the page is the first thing is the link to my book on Amazon. You can also get it on um, like Barnes and Nobles or bookstores can order it. And actually, I'm really excited at the end of this month or early December, my audiobook is coming out. <gasps> Yay! So I know I know moms sometimes don't have time to sit down with a physical book, but they can listen to something while they're on their morning oh, walk. Oh yeah, audiobooks are the best. So, you yeah, do your so, laundry and read at the same time. It's so good. Yep. So mine is coming out and I got a really great narrator that just fits her voice just is perfect for the type of story the type oh, of oh um, that, that is the trickiest part sometimes is finding the right voice yeah so how many so books really... do I start listening to and I'm like oh can't take it on to the next <laughs> <laughs> yeah so I found someone really professional really really good at their job with that so um I'm also on Instagram um, Megan Whitmer that I do a lot of uh, motherhood reading like favorite books type of things awesome. and then I'm also on TikTok with Megan Whitmer books okay so awesome. I'll have to follow you over there. I'm horrible at TikTok, but I am on there and I'm trying yeah. to throw things on there to try to figure out what I'm doing in this world. So, <laughs> <laughs> so awesome. So awesome. Is there anything else that you wanted to share? You know, I just, I guess just, I know probably a lot of moms listen to your podcasts and I just want them to know that, you know, we're all here together. We're all going through the hard things. And some of the things are really hard. Um, you know, you asked about my favorite chapter. Mm -hmm. I think one of my favorite chapters is actually called Cake. I don't know if you were able to read that one. <laughs> I just reading that while my girl. So this last week we were in Florida and then the, we were home for less than 12 hours. And then I flew my girls to Utah to go to my other daughter's bridal shower. And so I'm reading in the airport while the girls are talking to me about the cake chapter. And so I got like skims, but I was so interrupted. So I would love <laughs> to hear your take on it because I need to go back and read it for real. Yeah. So it's, 
it's a sensitive topic and I chose to do it in a metaphor. Mm -hmm. It's about it, you know, mm-hmm. romantic, romantic um, relations with your husband. I really like talking about it in a metaphor because it opens it up in such a freeing way that more people can feel comfortable discussing it or reading about it. Right. Mm -hmm. Sometimes, sometimes that topic is just too sensitive and you, Mm -hmm. and it makes you blush and it makes you (laughs) regret or whatever, you know? (laughs) And so I, I use this metaphor of cake for, for doing it, you know, and I really, I really feel like the chapters um, I get I, when I post on Facebook, that was my highest response I've ever gotten to a Facebook post was this topic about specifically about how at, you get married, you think it's going to be all romance and rose petals on the bed every night. And then you have kids and then you have more kids or maybe you don't, maybe you just have one kid. Cause one kid can do it to you where you just don't feel <laughs> you just don't feel like doing it anymore. <laughs> and your husband starts to feel bad and you feel bad. And, and the blame in society almost always gets put on the woman. Well, if you, why don't you want that? You know, why, why isn't not that fun anymore? Um, it's your hormones. You're, you just need to sleep more. You just need to read up on it more. You need to take this medicine. You need to go see the doctor. And I had taken this class last year and, and, um, I, and it, it is maybe isn't a class for everyone, but it was, it was perfect for me at the time. And it really taught me that we aren't the problem that it's about the expectations society puts on us. And in the book, it's a really funny slash meaningful chapter how do you like that kind of stuff? Do you want it slow and steady or do you want sprinkles and frosting and fondant? And, you know, (laughs) like, it's just really a fun way to write about it. And, and I feel like it's one chapter that more women should read out of all my chapters in my book. I feel like a lot of moms need to read that so that they know they're not the problem in that area of their life and that it's okay that they're so tired and it's okay that, the lingerie is buried and they haven't seen it and they don't even know if it fits anymore because that's not the point of that in our marriages and in our, in as a female, you know, and there's so much more to that you can do that isn't going to the doctor and getting on a medicine. And that's not, that isn't the, what's wrong with us. It's actually about the expectations we put on ourselves and the expectations our husbands have because society tells them, your marriage should look like this. Your relationship should look like this. And so anyways, it's one of my favorite chapters because I feel like it really addressed an issue that women don't talk about mm-hmm. and that women are um, embarrassed about, like, and not that it's an embarrassing topic, but they feel like they're in the wrong. I'm the one ruining that part of my marriage because, because I don't want to shove the laundry off the bed. <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> to eat cake, <laughs> right? I don't want to bake a cake at 10 o'clock on a Tuesday mm-hmm. when I'm exhausted from all day long. And you're not, that's, that's not your fault. That is life. And, mm-hmm. and I love that chapter because it kind of addresses that in a fun, easy to read way. So I love that you found a way to talk about it without it being uncomfortable for people too. I think that that's really important because 
it is when I mean, this is this is a book about your life it's a huge part of married life it's so important yeah. so I'm glad that that wasn't left out so that's really great now I need to go read it without being interrupted so I can <laughs> glean more from it oh I really enjoyed the last couple of chapters of your book because that's when I wasn't with my kids that were around me I could really <laughs> just enjoy it without being interrupted so I'm super excited to go back and read those chapters that I was since I knew we were having this interview, I was reading it a lot faster than I normally would be. So I'm excited to to delve into it even deeper. Yeah, we'll check out the audiobook when it comes out. Yes, can, I can't wait. Going. That's going to be great. can <laughs> listen to it on my walks or when I'm doing all my chores I don't want to do. That's always the best way to get through your cleaning is listening to a great book, right? Absolutely. Laundry is so much more fun. <laughs> oh, way more fun. Love it. Or put it on while I'm having a bath. Oh, that'd be a great laugh while you're sucking it up. <laughs> Oh, so, so good. Okay. Well, I want to get to know you just a little bit more for our audience. If you have a moment to do our yeah. three helpful and happy questions. So I love to do this because at helpingofhappiness.com, we talk a lot about our family recipes, our travel tips with our family. We talk about home and family hacks, and then it also is the house for our podcast. So we're, we're going to tie in some of our other favorite things that Ooh, I'm excited. I feel Oh, it's so fun. I love talking about all this. So, <laughs> well, let's, we'll start with question number one is what is your favorite food or meal? All right. My favorite food. I was, I was actually thinking about this recently and my, one of my favorite foods is called popovers. Some people might know them as like Yorkshire pudding in okay. England. It's called Yorkshire pudding, but I don't know why they call it that. It's not a pudding. They call I'm, lots of weird things. I have pudding, no idea. It's not a pudding. I don't it's know what a pudding. the deal is. So Basically, it, I love it because it's the simple, simple recipe of three eggs, one cup of flour, one cup of milk, and like a quarter teaspoon of salt. Like that's it. And then you, you know, you mix it up really good. You grease your muffin pans. I, I use my silicone muffin cups because yeah. they're easy to clean. I don't scratch my pan. Oh, it's all about the yeah. cleaning. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and so you, you put, you know, you rub your butter all over your muffin cups and melt the butter in the oven for just a second and then put your batter in about halfway full and you cook it at like 425 for 30 minutes and what this happens is like is so similar to german pancakes they just yes. have four eggs this is really really exactly similar. german pancakes have six eggs um yeah popovers have three eggs is basically the difference and you let them just cook and what they do is they they puff up and they become hollow in the middle the longer Ooh. you cook them the crispier they get which is more Yorkshire pudding. And I like to keep them a little softer. So you take them out and it's just like, to me, the it's so it's easy. I always have the ingredients, right? Because half the time I want to make something I don't have. The oh, I know. You need all those simple yeah. ones you can just make from your staples for sure. So I like the simple ingredients. And so you cook them and then you take them out. And my favorite way is just, we put butter on it and jam and we mm. just eat it for lunch. And it is just, I don't know. It's like this comfort food with less eggs. It doesn't taste as eggy as German pancakes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's so, what I'm just thinking. Ooh, that would so probably be, I probably like that a lot. Yeah. It's very simple. And, and sometimes I feel like maybe the eggs need to be like room temperature. I don't know. Mm -hmm. I just always cook them with what I've got. Right. Mm -hmm. So sometimes I have them puff up really great and sometimes they don't, but either way they taste great with butter and jam <laughs> yum that sounds so yeah. good even like with some honey and cinnamon on there oh or yeah something. oh anything so good. and then how they use Yorkshire pudding in England is 
they actually eat it with like their roast and their mashed potatoes and they put gravy on it, which I mean, that'd be great too, you know, but I like it as a lunch food with, with butter and hen- jam and yeah, you know, lunch food. Ooh, love the sweet side. Love that. Mm. That sounds so good. Ooh, we love German pancakes, so I'm sure we'll love that. And we actually make our German pancakes in muffin tins sometimes so they can be individualized for the kids. Oh, and interesting. They put yeah. like the strawberries and whipped cream and Nutella or whatever they Yum. We have that. Yeah. I'll, I'll link that on our blog too. It's really fun. But I'm going to try popovers. That sounds awesome. They're, They're really good. That. That's something they could make. I'll make the kids make it. Yeah, absolutely. That's a nice, easy one. <laughs> so good. Okay, let's talk travel. What's the best trip you've ever been on or your dream vacation? Or my dream vacation. You know, one of my favorite uh, vacations is to go back to Canada to where I grew up in Alberta and to take my kids to West Edmonton Mall, which is like the largest mall in the world. It, it ties for like a Chinese mall. and Oh my goodness, mall. how fun. So, I, this was the mall I grew up in. So it sounds really dumb to be like, our favorite vacation is to go back to the town I grew up and go to the mall. <laughs> no, not but, when it's something fun and huge and nostalgic. That's awesome. Yeah. So it's nostalgic for me coming from another country. Now all my kids are yeah. American, you know, growing up down here, you know, it has like this, it has a full ice rink that you can play hockey games on and you can mm-hmm. rent skates and go skate on this ice rink. It has a whole lake inside of it with a copy of the Santa Maria ship. And it used to have a dolphin show and now it has a seal show that you can watch and and you can walk in these underground tunnels and see like an aquarium type setting. It has multiple mini golf places. It has a huge movie theater with like an IMAX theater. This just sounds like my kid's dream. They would love going to this place. I love it. And it has like a driving range, like huge golf driving range on the roof of the small. It's so I think they've said it's 48 square blocks big. Oh is this small gosh. so it's, it has um it has a water park like uh like the only other w- big water park i've been to is seven peaks in utah back in the mm-hmm. day back in the 90s mm-hmm. or during its big heydays and it's similar to that it's huge and it's you could spend all day at this water park with all these slides and this huge wave pool it's got an indoor amusement park with like a double loop roller coaster and like we could, we spent all day there this last time we went just at this amusement park. And to me, going up to visit my relatives in Canada, the best, the best thing we can do is. So. No, that's one reason why I love to ask this question because everybody loves different things. So it's so fun to hear about different places and different experiences. So I think that's a great idea. Well, in Canada can be so cold in the winter. It's nice to have yeah. somewhere inside where you can just play and do fun things where you're not freezing. So that's great. Okay. Last question. Do you have a home hack for us? You know, I do, but mine's kind of an RV hack slash, I guess it could Ooh, work for your house too. So many people are <laughs> loving RVs lately. I'm excited about this. Yeah. So we are currently living in an RV and I've had to learn some new hacks. So actually I have two hacks. I have one regular one that probably everybody knows, but it's my favorite. Awesome. And one RV one. So my regular one is the moment I discovered you can take bell peppers and onions and chop them up into little bits and then freeze them and have bulk bags of onions so that when you have a recipe that needs an onion, you know, it's like cut up a small onion and you're like, oh, I don't have any onions and it's Sunday and I'm not going to go to the yes. store. On Sunday. And it's like small, a, right, a medium onion is half a cup of frozen onion. <laughs> and then you can add it. And same with the bell peppers, you know, I, so now I, I, we're in an RV, you know, it's a little bit slower or smaller like our fridge is a little smaller 
But guess what I still have in my freezer? A bag of onions cut up Yay! and a bag of bell peppers cut up. Well, you just but, never know when you just need fajitas yeah. or stir fry or something, you know, that's like you the best add to whatever you're going to be making. I love that. Yeah. So that's my favorite regular everyday. Probably everyone knows a hack, but I no, maybe I'll I just discovered up. that a few years ago, actually. And I was even lazier and just bought them in the bag in the freezer section because oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> our garden was not producing the way it should have been. So we just grabbed some from the freezer and I throw them in stir fries. I throw them on. We do a lot of sheet pan dinners where we just put all the veggies on the sheet pan and the frozen vegetables work great for that. So even yeah. throwing them on that, it makes such a quick, easy dinner when you just have them all chopped up already. I love that hack. Yep. Um, so my RV hack is, um, so I actually have it. I can show you, but I can't show anyone else. So, <laughs> so I'm going to try and describe it. So we have a problem with our kids, especially our young kids. Um, they go to get a towel, you know, they dry their hands. And then and, they and, drop it on the floor. And they drop it well, on the floor. That's what mine do. <laughs> yeah, it's always. And sometimes it's like really high and they feel like they have to pull it down to get to their hands. And so... And I have to say my kids after COVID are washing their hands like crazy. Good like, for them. That Woo-hoo. is something they got from COVID. And now they're like anal retentive about it. Like <laughs> they will cry if we go to a public restroom and there is no soap. They will come out sobbing because they couldn't <laughs> use soap. And I'm like, what on earth? I mean, I like it, but also stop crying kids. It's okay. We all had to deal with this <laughs> for years and years where they're, you know, so they like washing their hands. So we have a lot of towel needs in our house, in our RV. And so my favorite hack is to buy the little, um, their name tag uh, kind of holder. So it's got like a clip the little on clips that you put. The, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So if you ever have a name tag, like on a necklace or anything, uh, an event or something, it's got a little grippy clip, like a little metal clip. And then it has like a plastic loop. And, um, so what I do is I take the clip and I clip it onto my towels or my hand towels. And then on the plastic loop part, I put a black head, like oh, headband, hair tie, yeah. the hair tie, the stretchy ones. And so on a towel rack, if you have a towel rack, you can like double loop it through. So it like, so this yeah. stretchy band is hooked over it and it's connected. So this towel hangs there and they can pull on it, feel like they're getting some give with it because the stretchy, the hair oh, tie stretches. Such a good idea. But in an RV, we tend to have a lot of hooks and mm-hmm. like the sticky hooks. So you stick it to the wall and it's got that little hook and it's got oh, like yeah. the 3M. Oh, the those 3M, 3M sticky on the back. I love those things. Yeah. So we do it with our hooks in our RV because we don't have towel racks with the bar that goes across everything is these hooks all over the place. And so for everywhere that I've got a towel, because we have two bathrooms in this RV in the kitchen, I hook it and I hang it from this, from the hair tie on the hook. And then, you know, and you can attach this little um, metal grippy, this little metal clip to any part. So you can make it hang really low. So the little kids can, Mm. can get it or, and it, I mean, this, you'd be surprised how good these little grippy clips are they do not let go they are like teeth of a jaguar (laughs) (laughs) and they they will hold on like no tomorrow so so we don't have to have those towels on the floor anymore which is what i need because it drives me crazy they're always on the floor oh drive me nuts (laughs) so that's my favorite little hack i've learned and i yeah if you double if you kind of put that um hair tie and wrap it around the bar and through the hair tie again and 
then put it in the clippy. You could use it for your, you know, your towel racks. Oh, I you wouldn't even that. have to have towels. You could just have hand towels hanging there. <laughs> no, that's a great idea. Yeah. For bath towels and everything. If you're trying to hang those up or even, I feel like when we're on a trip and you have, that'd be something easy to bring on a trip for everybody's beach towels that you're trying to hang up. Cause that could yeah. be a real hassle if you don't have a big towel bar or something. Yep, absolutely. Oh, great idea. Oh, well, thank you so much for all your ideas. Really excited about your book and everybody go and get it. Tell us the title of it one more time. Mom Life. Go ahead. Mom Life versus the Everyday Apocalypse. Love it. Megan, Love it. MeganWhitmerBooks.com or Amazon. It's on Thank there. you so much, Megan. And can't wait to just see even more that you have on Instagram and on TikTok. So thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. I loved it. It's been so fun. Thank you so much for listening. There's a couple of things that I'm really excited about that I wanted to tell you about before you go that we have coming up at Helping of Happiness. Uh, one of them is we're getting together a cell phone readiness course for your preteens and teens that may be beginning to have cell phones and how to use them properly. And it's going to be a free email course. And so you can just sign up for that and we can walk you through as parents. And then the little course you can go through with the kids. It's short and sweet and great and we've learned having all these kids that what we thought was a good idea with cell phones on our kids for our first three kids really did not work out so good so we're putting in a new system now with kid number four on down so we also have a really fun babysitting boot camp that is coming out so I think that that is going to be really fun for your budding babysitters that need a little bit more training on how to do that and how to be great at starting their own babysitting business. So if you would love to hear more about these, go to helpingofhappiness.com and join our email list because all the updates on those things will be on our email list. You can also keep an eye on our Instagram. Uh, we'll be posting on there, but our email list will always be the best way to get all the news. So have a wonderful day.